up that diesel. Um, 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 let's go diesel. Um. This nigga Nagy told the team they need to have some personal pride. When the fuck did he say that stupid ass shit? After they got their asses whooped yesterday. Hey, man, these coaches tripping out here. You know, the thing about our football team is even when all that shit was going on with Rivera and Haskins, you ain't see no players tweet no dumbass shit. No, like, subtweets. Anthony Miller had a tweet last night after they got I saw that shit. <laughs> like, our team wasn't doing any of that. Yeah. Like, Daddy, and I got to give Rivera credit. Absolutely. Because I see some. Because the Cowboy, I know we mop these niggas. These niggas suck. Yeah, they're bad, man. They suck. The whole we time, these niggas I, twice. That beef, well, I'm not even, well, beef, the beef I had with Rivera was just, I didn't understand what his message was. Like, people on Twitter talking about, yeah, people were calling out Rivera and saying, fire this, fire that. And I'm like, that's not really what it was. It was just, coach was giving us mixed messages. So I wasn't quite following what the fuck he was saying because one minute we build it for the future, next minute we try to win the division. But, Obviously, it's not like he got to tell us the truth anyway, but, hey, for where he has this team at, bro, and how they fighting like that, and like you said, we don't have no shit leaking because usually we are the team that does that. Mm-hmm. And that shit that Miller put up last night, that's usually something one of our players would put. And then that shit would be all over 980 or 106. Right. Why did such and such tweet this out? Like, oh, yeah. swearing, fucking Swearinger or some shit. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah you, you backpedaling like Dion right now. So you get- nah, <laughs> not at all, bro. <laughs> what you mean? Nah, but, but Corey, I'm, 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 Corey never said fire that nigga, though. I nah, know. I, I, know. Know. Uh, no. I was just, it was like you said, like I said, it was just, it was confusing, dog. Because, but again, he don't really got necessarily tell us the truth. As long as he got his plan and he knows, the team knows his plan. I mean, I can't be mad at it. It was just, I didn't understand the mixed messages. But I'm cool no. with it. The, the criticism of Rivera for much of September and October was, well, he deserved it. I don't think anybody would sit here and be like, yeah, Ron Rivera is doing an awesome job about communicating the direction of this team. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing that we all kind of knew is that when the chips were down and it was time to get tough, this team would be tough. And mm-hmm. four and seven, I mean, it's not a great record, but he said we have a chance to win this division. And here we are on November 30th with five weeks left. And God damn it, he was right. <laughs> yeah, very simple. Very simple. In the end, Look, the team, I think the unfortunate thing is, before we even get into the Cowboys game itself, the unfortunate thing is the team has blown some games. And so you you outplayed the Giants twice and you lost. Yep. Right? Then you you lose that Lions game. Mm -hmm. So I think the thing that concerns me is that at the end of the year, we might look back and be like, Man, we blew our chance to mm-hmm. those three in those three games. Because even if you take one of those games, you just split that Giants game. Just one, Cliff. Yep. And if we're five and six right now, yep. Every like, if you come at that bye week one night, we would we would be what three wins in a row. Mm-hmm. So I think the I think the great thing to see is for once our team was on a national stage, mm-hmm. and we actually performed. Like, we actually performed. It led to people speaking prop, speaking nicely of the football team. Usually, we embarrass ourselves on TV, man. Every time. Every chance we get. For once, the tables return. Yes. 
I'm not going to sit here and try to gas us. Like, we know we take Cowboys wins with a grain of salt because they're not a real professional football team right now. Hmm. Um, but we're going to enjoy them ass weapons that we gave them. Mm-hmm. But it's just a good sign to see that the team, you can see the team is improving. I don't even fuck what anyone says. People keep panicking about what are they going to do with quarterback next year, blah, 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 blah. Look at the rest of the roster. The youth, the talent that's there, they're improving. Gibson is showing out. He's basically doing what we were hoping he was going to do, being the weapon that he is. McLaurin is growing. You see Cam Sims is growing. Logan Thomas is growing into his role. I'm not saying he's tight in one, but he's he's improving. The mm-hmm. old line is improving, like, just all around. Cam Curl, seventh-round pick, improving. It's, it's unheard of for us, you know what I'm saying? Like, usually we don't have these pieces that are growing and, like, okay, we, we see that we're building something here. So it's, it's just – this is a good thing to see, man. It feels good. Whether we win this division or not, you can see the pieces starting to come together. I think about this potential playoff run, and I compare it to the previous two, and I see teams that are very different in makeup. We have a really young team, and you're seeing them grow together as a team. I know they're only four and seven right now, and who knows if they'll make the playoffs, but you can see that there are young players on this team that are making strides as opposed to, like, 2012. I mean, they had players like Josh Morgan, Santana Moss, who was on his last year here. Uh, Garcon was good, but Leonard Hankerson, Fred Davis, Aldrick Robinson, these guys were not sustainable players in the league. It's nice to see that they're actually developing players now who have a future here and you actually are confident are going to be trending upwards in the years to come and they can actually grow with this roster. Mm-hmm. Real right. talk, bro. That was the whole point of saying, like, regardless of whatever, however the season ends, like, you can see the young talent just growing. Especially within the draft class. I feel like the only one from the draft class we haven't truly seen is, well, it's two of them, AGG and Sadiq. But these young guys, man, it's, it's, it's something that you could look forward to, something that they could build on. It's not a scenario, like you said, where, okay, you win the division or your team plays well, and then next year you're going into the season with the Josh Morgans and not even the Friday old boy, but Josh Wilson. There's young talent on this team. Right. Shout out to Kyle Smith. We need to be giving big ups to Kyle Smith, and we need to have that conversation because uh, there's going to be some teams that need a general manager out there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, nobody looked at players like Perry Riley and Reed Doughty and Dijon Gomes and was like, yeah, man, I can see us running this back in 2013, 2014 and being just as good. Like, you knew that they were playing well above their their general mean of play. And they were just riding a wave where grip was extremely hot and the, the city was behind the team. And, you know, that, that fell apart quickly. But this doesn't feel the same way. It feels like they're building something. Well, look, makes sense. look I think the only different, the only thing I would, I would caution is – we played the Cowboys. We weren't that optimistic after the Bengals game. Mm-hmm. And so I think there are a couple young guys on this team that I'm like, you know what? You're definitely part of this going forward. I think some of them are going to play themselves out. But, no, I think there's a core. We absolutely. Never, there's, we've never had that. We've nope. never had Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the core guys is, is what's important. I mean, you have guys – that are younger, but you don't really know much about. Like, who knows if Cole Holcomb is your long-term middle linebacker? Who knows if somebody like Sadiq Charles is your long-term left guard, left tackle? But you have guys here that you know are upper crust. Antonio Gibson, he's going to be a dog. He's ready as a dog. Stace Young, Montez Sweat, dogs. These are these are blue-chip mm-hmm. players that you can build around, man. I mean, it's hard to build around guys that you, you just don't believe can be the foundation of your team. You have I mean, for a while, we only yeah. had one A player and a borderline two. It was Trent and Jordan Reed. Like like you said, these guys are young. You know you could build – you're going to be able to build around those guys. And take it to the point that you said about Holcomb, even though he may – we might not consider him a blue-chip player, he's showing you enough where, okay, I can go into next season and see what he has, or maybe he could develop into that outside linebacker, middle linebacker role 
for a couple of years. Like, oh yeah, yeah he, he but, showed potential. Yeah, but like we said, all time over the summer, man. You, you can't just have blue chip players everywhere. Can you be a functional linebacker in this scheme and play well when we ask you to? You can be that. You don't got to be. I just worry about the the Fugazi players. You know, the, the guys who play well for a little short stretch and then future seasons, but they're not actually that good. Like Will Compton or Mason Foster. Like these guys played well in 2015, well enough to trick people on thinking that they might be good, and they weren't. Yeah, yeah, you end up keeping them around. Look, I, I, I think, I think right now you look at our roster. Gibson, McLaurin, Sheriff. Sheriff's playing at a high level since he's coming. High level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those three on offense, we, I can look at those three and be like, you three, are pl- you, you three can play at a level that puts you at the elite, in the elite bracket of your position. And then on defense, the D-line, man. I, mm-hmm. I, I haven't – Kendall Fuller hasn't made a play in a cover. We'll get to that. Get a big tackle on Gallup. No, he did. You know, look, we have – like I think for once we have <laughs> good players – who were not first-round picks. It's the one thing we really have not had around. We've never drafted a McLaurin. Uh-huh. Never drafted a Gibson. Like, we've never had guys that we drafted in these kind of rounds who were, like, legitimate. Not not fan-based good, where, like, the fans all like them and the player's not as good as we think. Like, Monte Mickelson or some shit. I mean, like, actually good. Basically, we're seeing what we thought we would see going into the year. With Rivera, right? Yep. Like, with, yeah, with Rivera and with the team, because there was so much time spent, and we had talked about this before, there was so much time spent being talked about the quarterback that we weren't talking about the team. And we have now moved on from quarterback mania. We are we are seeing some people step up. Some guys are, you know, going up and down. But we're talking about a team where, like you said, Paul, okay, if they don't win the division, they don't win the division. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important that this season ends on a positive note. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's we have not had. What is the last season that ended it on a positive note? Around, like if you really go and think back, there, I don't feel like, and that's not to say that there should be some sort of rejoicing being six and ten or five and eleven, whatever they end up. But a lot of our seasons have ended with either someone getting fired, or someone injured, or mm-hmm. someone someone's contract being like the main part of the conversation. So I think this is the first time when when you're actually rebuilding a team that we get to actually look at this season and not obsess over the record. We get to look at, like, who is actually. Yep. They're going to be guys who step. Like, Cameron Curl seems like a guy who's – we didn't we, – we would have never. Might have found a starter right there. Right? And we were thinking, oh, we need two safeties. It's, mm-hmm. it, we might not. And yep. so these are the good things that are good. These are the things that are good to see, man. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that uh, text I sent you last night about the O-linemen that are locked up. And I know O-line probably still needs a little bit of help this coming uh, winter, but everybody but Sheriff and um, everybody but Sheriff and somebody else. Ruye. Sheriff and Ruye are the only guys who are under contract. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, it probably would behoove you to bring at least one of those guys back, but somebody like Schweitzer, who you thought was an afterthought going into camp, he's looking like a, like a legit, you know, medium to long-term starter here. I mean, the next couple of years, I'm not saying he's a five or six year guy here, but three or four years, why not? To that point, like how we didn't see Sadiq this year, like Schweitzer allows you the time to have Sadiq grow in the offseason next year, grow in a training camp. Like you don't have to force him into the left guard or left tackle spot. You know what I'm saying? Like you mm-hmm. have someone there who is clearly sure they are capable on Sundays. Like Schweitzer has improved since he first went into that lineup. I mean, he oh. gave up. I think he gave up. Did he give up two sacks on Thanksgiving? Was it him? 
Pretty sure um, Schweitzer gave up too. But even if, even with that said, like he, he's improved light years compared to where he was when he first stepped on that field. I want to point out another one though, Morgan Moses. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Cliff on this one. Then Paul, I want to see what you just oh, said. Oh wow, wow! Every I'm, I'm gonna go to Cliff. I'm not even going because you know we always. I mean, you know, you kind of lead, you kind of lead the uh, charge on the mo- on the Mogus me. Don't get me wrong. Come on now. We, we hear me out. Every week with Morgan. Hear, hear me out. What y'all think of Moses at left tackle in 2021? I'm not saying do it, but he's shown me something where I could be like, okay, if we had to do that for a year until we found one, I might be comfortable in doing that. Would y'all be comfortable moving Moses to left tackle for a year? It's just a thought that I had because he's playing good football, bro. And I did not think he would do that left side. Ask me the same question again in like May. Okay. Ask me in May. I'm just May. saying, I think it's something May. that they, Nigga, they might be thinking at 4.30 on Sunday. After you see what TJ Watt about to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He about to see TJ Watt and Bud Dupree, man. I hear um, you. But Morgan's... Look, no, no, he's... Ball, listen, listen. That's, there's no question. Yeah. Um, uh, Sunday, I thought he was pretty good left tackle. I thought the whole yeah, line. Oh, yeah. line looked good. Uh, but look, that shit don't... We might have to disregard this one, too. It didn't count the first time we beat these bum niggas. It might no not count this time either, man. Because no when we play them, we like the best team in the NFC when we play them. So <laughs> so I know that shit ain't real. We blow these niggas out twice, though. Twice. Two times. It's the only times this season where our team has looked good. Yeah. Them right. niggas suck. <laughs> Playing devil's advocate, how many times in the past did we play down to bum-ass teams? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not even knocking our team. I'm saying this to point out how shitty them niggas are in Dallas. Oh, yeah. Because oh, <laughs> we are not a good team regardless. We have but now we're improving. We we're have now smacked, we've smacked y'all mm-hmm. twice. We ain't been blowing out nobody for like two years. Like, really, like who have we blown out? The shit that kills me about Dallas, though, man, I understand they lost Dak. They going through injuries, but every team goes through injuries. They still have their toys. That same defense is there that they came into the season with. So it's just funny to hear, like, Cowboys fans talk about, well, this game wasn't important. Or, well, you beat us with backups. Like, but you still have majority of your roster that you started off the season with. So it's like, and let's not forget, they were one onside kick away from being 0-4 with Dak at quarterback. So they got a lot of question marks down in Arlington, Texas. But I'm loving it. Yeah. They're shitty. Like, really all, shitty. All I'll say about the injuries is when we had injuries, nobody cared. Absolutely. So fuck them. Okay, your team is banged up. It's the NFL, man. Everybody's banged up. Everybody's banged up this time. I ain't no excuse for these ass whoopers. None. <laughs> 86. Sorry, 66 to 19. Yes. 22 for 77. Yeah, for the oh yeah, for the for the for the 90 million dollar man. 90 million dollar running back. No matter what they said, they always win as long as they got that running back. Two games, 22 carries, 77 yards. So as far as I, I can tell, as far as I can tell, the two running backs from Memphis were the two best backs on the field. Come on, man. This man Zeke is, is aging like a 1996 Bugle Saber and shit. Just out here, just <laughs> odometer on 300,000 miles and shit. Need a new muffler, spark right. tires, everything. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's you know, like a wash running back. Mm-hmm. He really do. Boy, he's missing them four studs. I said four, them five studs up front. That that explosion, that elusiveness, he ain't got it no more, bro. Zeke been taking a pounding, man. You give me a running back 350 carries a year, it's going to catch up to you. You don't even fuck who you are. And it's clearly showing, bro. Like, damn. <laughs> they gonna need to draft another back. Going back to what you said a second ago about um about the Cowboys fans are saying they're banged up. 
I might be wrong on this, but I would argue that they don't even look necessarily bad because of Dalton. I think that Dalton's definitely a big step down from Dak. I mean, nobody's saying that that isn't the case, but y'all stink all around. It's not just Andy. That's what I was saying. They stunk when Dak was in there. Yeah, they was getting points, but they still wasn't stopping nobody. I mean, right, they wasn't stopping nobody. And they haven't changed their offense. They ain't done shit. <laughs> You're still playing at a fast pace. Mm-hmm. You haven't done, like, you, you know what they look like? A poorly coached football team, man. We smoking that McCarthy pack. Let's, let's put that McCarthy pack in the air tonight, fellas. <laughs> like Gucci <laughs> said, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry no. Jones, like I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> no, but listen, they're stuck in this mess. It's clear that Mike McCarthy was the right hire for this job, and they're not going to move on because they owe him a grip. Mm-hmm. So, y'all gonna have to hold these L's for a couple of years, bro. They're not moving on because of being acknowledgement that they were wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know Jerry not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Shoot, he might as well have kept the red clapper for all this bullshit. Are you kidding? No, they be winning the fucking division. <laughs> they win the division easily if they kept that nigga, man. Uh-huh. I refuse to believe they couldn't have been better with Jason Garrett. They're not using their assets or their their, their personnel well, in my opinion. I, I don't think they are. Who the fuck told them to draft CeeDee Lamb? That's another thing. They're replacing defensive players in their team with the likes of Don Terry Poe and Gerald McCoy. I mean, McCoy got Who hurt. Who they already cut. Right. Mm-hmm. Poe is gone. Jalen Smith out here looking like LeVon Kirkland. That nigga stinks. Wow. Like, he had that pick. I can, I, there are not too many linebackers I've who are continuously in the wrong position. Cont- continuously. Remember when they were getting reverses random every week? Mm-hmm. He, he was part of that. He was part of the problem. Sure was. They drafted C.D. Lamb because he went to OU. If C.D. Lamb had gone to Cal, <laughs> right, they wouldn't draft. Like straight up, as good as he is, they wouldn't have drafted him. They drafted him because he went to OU, man. Jerry, right? Shiny toy that went to OU. There's no reason this team should be drafting this team. Mm-hmm. Round one, them and the Eagles, them and the Eagles. You used draft picks <laughs> on Jalen Hurts and CD Lamb, like my like my man Joe Buttons. Why? <laughs> <laughs> The, the Jalen Hurts pick, not defendable. Don't give a fuck what they say. Then picking CeeDee Lamb when you have all these holes on defense, your priorities aren't right. Would we have said, I know season's not over yet, but, well, Cliff, you kind of caught it with the Eagles. I didn't see that coming, but even when this season wraps up, like, I think it's pretty clear that the two teams in the East that are trending up is Washington and the Giants. Yep. Like, I don't think anybody could have predicted that outside of Cliff with the Eagles. Like, it's... It's crazy how bad the Eagles are falling off. And Dallas just looks like a complete shit show, bro. So we talked about this privately. Let's put that Doug Peterson pack in the air real quick. I mean, <laughs> think about the draft picks that they've swung and missed on over the past couple of years. I'll start with Sidney Jones. Jalen Rieger hasn't played this year, barely. I mean, it's hard to have an impact when you're in the hot tub. What's the other receiver they drafted last year? J.J. Arcega Whiteside is about to get cut. Mm-hmm. Andre Dillard hasn't played, and he looks like a Buster Rooney. You mean the same Andre Dillard they shit on all offseason? <laughs> yep. And they went, oh, he's injured. How are we supposed to win? Oh, please. Right. It, he was so bad. You had Eagles fans and beat writers saying in the summer before he got hurt, yeah, we know that Jason Peters has twice over been washed. This mm-hmm. man was a bum the year before last. He was a bum last year. And we dragged him out of retirement only because Brandon Brooks went down with an Achilles or, or ACL, wherever it was. All that being said, he was about to take Dillard's spot anyway. That's what I'm saying. It's just a bad drafting. <laughs> 
And for every all the nice things I personally said about um, the Eagles in 2017 and how they creatively built their roster, since then it's been bad move after bad. Oh yeah, oh, Paul used Paul used to work Eagles PR, dog. That nigga used to talk about the Eagles front office like like they had Belichick in that motherfucker. Right, but the biggest issue, listen, in the end though, Dillard and Rager and all these players aside, the biggest problem is you traded up for this quarterback. All right, he he had that one year. Fact of the matter is, this year he's been the worst quarterback in the league. That's not even an exaggeration. No, it's not. They said his confidence was shot, bro. Since Foles won that title, they said he has not been the same wince. Yeah, because like, it ain't he, your locker room, dog. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, that shit got to end. The fan base don't even fuck with you like that. They fuck with Foles. They don't really mm-hmm. fuck with your South Dakota ass or wherever the hell you're from. He don't really <laughs> – not, but no bullshit. Like, that's part of it. Like, Wentz is, like, super into hunting and um, mm-hmm. hunting, hunting and God. That's Wentz. Yep. Yep. This is Philadelphia. Hey, uh, guys, I have some breaking news for the podcast. Mm-hmm. 49ers announced they will play their next two home games in Arizona at State Farm Stadium next week, Monday night versus Buffalo and following versus Washington. So we go in Arizona. Okay. Arizona. That's cool. Okay. I mean, yeah. I was no, hoping no. they would make their asses fly out here, but of course they wasn't going to do that. But. <laughs> That'd be fucked up. <laughs> hey Cliff, I was like, man, maybe they might send their ass to FedEx, but it's all good. You will make them fly from west to east for a 1 a.m. kick or 1 p.m. kick? <laughs> I mean, it's not their fault that their state is just one of the country's leaders in, in the COVID cases. You can't punish yeah. them for it. Well, yeah. their state is like their their county is also doing something about it, which <laughs> I mean, <laughs> dog, you know the craziest thing about that Thanksgiving game? Mm. You know the attendance in that mm. game? 30,000, right? 30,000? Are y'all Jerry out of your fucking mind? They don't care down there, man. Jerry, wow. Remember when Jerry said to open the door and let the joint air out? After you put that, like you just put that pack in the air. Jerry said open the windows and open the door. <laughs> <laughs> Watch that COVID loud. <laughs> this is your fucking uh, solution to a, a major p- pandemic that's plaguing your state in particular. Uh-huh. Let's open that. Jerry bit. said he want more fans, though. He said he want more than that 30K. He trying to get mm-hmm. more in there. Listen, Jerry, maybe we should let Steven have the radio show from now on. <laughs> nah, man, it. nah. Maybe, maybe what needs to happen is somebody need to cough on your old ass, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no bullshit. Because th- these people be talking about this COVID shit like it's other people's problems. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know? Nah, mm-hmm. fuck that. This league, like, we will be lucky if we even play San Francisco in two weeks. That's where I'm at with COVID in this league. Right. Given the, we are, what, what are we, like 200 cases a day? 200 mm-hmm. K? Mm-hmm. Given the skyrocketing number, how the fuck is this season going to get finished? They got it. I don't know, man. I kind of thought <laughs> the league would have already tried to, you know, put a little pause on the season or something. Give it a couple weeks. Let these teams, you know, get, get these negative tests back because this shit is getting ugly, bro. Well, well, the problem is Thanksgiving. All that travel. Right, all, the, all the travel and all the... I'm, I guarantee these players are with their families. Mm-hmm. I see big people celebrating their Thanksgivings on the internet. Mm-hmm. Folks, their big Thanksgiving get-togethers. Like, shit is sweet out here. So, you know the players will probably... Do. So, you're gonna have fucking COVID test pop turning up positive all over the league. Yep. That's what this is what I'm saying about the playoffs. People can laugh at our division all they want. Somebody is going to benefit yep. in the playoffs from COVID. Mm-hmm. It's, someone is going to. 
What the fuck is gonna happen if fucking Mahomes tests positive this Saturday before the title game? You see, now when Chiefs games are over, they run to Mahomes immediately and hand this motherfucker to me. Like, where you going, Pat? Put this shit on, bro. Fuck. You going to greet nobody? <laughs> right. Because the Broncos, I mean, the Broncos put themselves in that spot because their players are being irresponsible. Mm-hmm. But the Broncos are blown because they're like, well, you, when the Pats, y'all made us delay the Pats. Mm-hmm. When Cam had COVID. Yep. Y'all niggas really going to make us go out here with a practice squad wide receiver? League was like, yeah, see you at four. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like, look, yep, we'll see you at four o'clock. Kickoff. See you out there. Like if you they, said, though, Chris, if they had won that game or if they had their quarterbacks, because they was in the race for real. Like, right. Matt's back in it. Now Denver dropped the four and seven or some shit. Good that why I told them niggas, well, the Saints aren't starting the quarterback either. So, <laughs> what the fuck? <fuck's, laughs> the fuck is you all's excuse? <laughs> I don't know why the league views adding a week 18 as like the nuclear option. Like it's crazy. Is it really that bad just to add a week to the season and push everything? Back? You, but dog, you can't push the Super Bowl back. Why? What do you mean? But but Cliff, if you if you add that week 18, you're not necessarily pushing the Super Bowl back. You're just you might be removing that week off between the Super Bowl. Right. Remember, what if the reason I want to do that shit now, because you only have one week 18. Yeah. So what the fuck happens if a week? What if there's a week 17 pivotal division game for a title or for a playoff spot that is tro- hurt by COVID? Then you can't move it. That, so that's mm. the, I, the, I think they're just trying to preserve that week 18 for as long as they can. Exactly. When in reality, mm-hmm. what I think we're going to probably end up having is an 18 playoff like they plan for. It could happen at this rate. It might happen. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember the coaches came up with that. Yeah. This season. And that was like the, what they do in case the in case COVID derailed the season. I don't see how COVID doesn't derail this season. I really don't. I don't. Given the country we live in right now, and the playoffs don't start for another month, we're about to probably be at what like two hundred fifty to three hundred cases a day by the middle of December. So I don't, especially this this team. And I don't even. I, I'm curious as to what like in terms of the teams that are testing positive. Which teams is it because they're in high uh, COVID number areas because our team has not really had a problem with COVID. Right. Not going to We haven't really had a problem yet. So, yeah, I, you're, you're trying to have – I mean, these teams have, what, 80, like 100 people in terms of staff and person, staff and players. We're talking mm-hmm. about 3,000, like about 3,500 people at, in the NFL in the middle of a fucking pandemic. So this is not surprising. Yeah. I mean, we're going to get to this in a little bit when we talk about uh, Pittsburgh. But they're going to be coming off five days rest when they come to us, and they're going through their own thing right now with COVID cases too. I mean, who knows what their team looks like next Sunday? Mm-hmm. Good point. Well, well, I'm a, I'm gonna say what Tomlin said. We don't care. Love Mike Tomlin. No, that's what he said about COVID. So if they call, if we see him on Sunday and half their team is gone, I'm gonna say the same shit he said. Mm-hmm. We don't care, Mike. Line that line squad up. I just oh. like Tomlin's attitude, bro. He don't give a fuck. Whatever, whatever we gotta do, we gonna go out there. Deep down inside, I know damn well he like, man, you better not catch COVID. Because if I gotta go out there with Mason Rudolph, sorry ass. <laughs> with Maga Rudolph out there, QB. <laughs> That's probably why I told Ben to trim his goddamn beard. Someone <laughs> got all the viruses and and strains and all types of wild shit living in that joint. This motherfucker beard looks like Fern Gully. Like, nah, man, cut that shit off. That's real cut shit. Cut that shit off, boy. Y'all seen what's happening with college, right? Minnesota got like 40 people. 
Bruh, Wisconsin had so much. They canceled so many games. They can't even go to the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, That's they how can't go to the Big Ten title game. Fucking crazy. Minnesota said they have like 48 uh, positive tests mm-hmm. in their football program right now. Let's see what they do at Ohio State. Let's see what rules these fuck people at the football playoff make up mm-hmm. when Ohio State's in the fucking title game with four wins. Mm-hmm. Because they try to make sure Ohio State plays next Saturday. Yep. Because if Ohio State doesn't play next Saturday, they can't play in the Big Ten title game. Nope. They shouldn't be playing. Nope. But you know, they're going... <laughs> I'm glad you said that, because I was thinking about the same shit. Because they were talking about canceling Ohio State's games last week. Mm-hmm. The fact that they even had that discussion tells you, okay, clearly you guys must have an outbreak or something. Like, right. You're not being truthful about what's going not on. Not being truthful. Because your, mm-hmm. your, your coach had it. You mm-hmm. said players have had it in, in the program. You Big Ten has different protocols, but they are so obsessed with making sh- like the one thing this has all been, which has been so crazy about all of this, is the measures that are being taken to make that money. College football, there's no reason you people are. I didn't even know they were gonna have bowl games. They're gonna have an actual bowl season. Yep. These niggas about to have the they about to have the right eight bowl out here. Mm-hmm. The right eight bowl. Your Michigan entire bowl. You're playing these bowl games for no fucking reason. This shit is all money laundering. I'm convinced. There is no other reason that there should be a fucking Popeye's bowl in the middle of a pandemic than, like, we need to watch this money. Speaking of which, Paul, what bowl game WVU going to? Tropicana Bowl? Mm. We might be going to that taxlayer.com game. <laughs> <laughs> so we might be playing, what, what, what's that? What is it? The, the, the uh, Belk Michelin Bowl? <laughs> I don't know that, that name of that. That used to be the Continental Tire Bowl. Yep. yep. Yeah, it used to be the Continental Tire Bowl. <laughs> the school needs their 600K, and these players need their backpack full of fucking iPads and shit, so they're going to play it. They just got to stop talking about that student athlete. Just say athlete student, because that's what it is, period. NCAA is a crock of shit, bro. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's talk about these games. Should we keep going in on, on McCarthy? Nah, we're done. Let's, let's get on offense. All right. Got to start with Antonio Gibson. Easily his best day as a pro. He's coming off. Back-to-back incredible games. And I said this before the, the game on Sunday, or on Thursday, I should say, is this is the first time that a national audience has gotten to see players on our team that we are really hopeful about. Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, these guys that are, we think are stars in the making, but nobody's got a chance to see because you play 15 1 o'clock games on Sunday per year, and you get one layup that you have to give everybody. But he showed the country – honestly, that he is one of the up-and-coming running backs in the league. I mean, I think that people really talk about Edwards Hilaire. Uh, people talk about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, what's another young back that really is getting a lot of buzz? And Tony Gibson flew under the radar a little bit, mostly because people thought that he was kind of overdrafted. Oh, uh, you forgot about Swift, J.K. Swift. Dobbins. I think Gibson is at least having – I think that you could make an argument that he's having the best season out of anybody in that class. Because he's still learning, and he's dogging folks. You could definitely make that argument, bro. I mean, I, I, I don't know how y'all feel, but I still – my comparison for him, I don't know. He might be a little bit more elusive, but I really think he reminds me of Arian Foster, bro. I'm going to keep saying this because he's a big body, but he has hands like a receiver because he played the position as clear as day. His hands – like that one catch he made on the sideline, I don't know if y'all remember, it was like a little out route where he just caught that literally with his fingertips. It was mm-hmm. it was beautiful. It was only like a six-yard game, but it was a beautiful catch. But, I mean, his ceiling, dude <laughs> – Mm-hmm. I know they compared they compared him to Christian McCaffrey. I'm not trying to say he's Christian McCaffrey, but you can understand why they thought that because basically they're putting him in that role where he can line up anywhere and basically do damn near anything. I'm just glad that he finally was able to get 20 plus carries 
um, I think the game flow kind of helped him in that scenario because Gibson, I'm just saying, um, McKissick didn't get a lot of carries this past this past Thursday, but dude, the sky is the limit for Antonio Gibson, man. He's powerful. It's very rare he takes a negative yards. Like he always falls forward. He gets tough yards. He can break away. Like it was just beautiful to see him finally have his breakout game. Like you said, Paul, on a national stage, and we don't have many players that the national media would know about. But now that dude, he he just put the league on notice. Big ups to Antonio Gibson. You know, um, he's the best back in this. I don't think, and this is with all due respect to those other guys. That was Alaire, good player. Swift is JK, probably JK Swift. JK's good. I th- I would I prefer Swift over him. I think Swift yeah. is Swift is was the is the most talented back. Absolutely. Out of that group, Gibson is look, man, we talked about this going into the draft. We talked about this going into the season. The man is not disappointed. Mm-mm. All right. I think what Gibson made clear is I think at the end of this, by the end of the season, he's going to be considered one of the best backs in the league, period, mm-hmm. regardless of, of draft class, man. Um, O-line was great. We gave him some good holes to run through. But the thing about Gibson is if it's Gibson versus another guy, that guy, ain't, that guy ain't bringing him down, man. Nope. It ain't happening. Mm-hmm. You say you when he did the 55, Van Der Froze Esch. his ass. Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen a play this season where he's heading out to the corner and somebody hasn't misjudged his burst. And mm-hmm. look, said, look, it looks like people are just like, okay, I'm going to beat him to this corner. Okay, I might not be in the corner. Oh, shit, right. help, 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 help. Right, yeah. <laughs> you seen mm-hmm. that, with, what's his name on, on Thursday with the Dallas corner on that second touchdown run? Because mm-hmm. yep. it looks, because these look like bad angles, but mm-hmm. I'm seeing this every week. Oh no, he like this is someone who runs a four three nine. Yep, and he doesn't look like he's running a four three nine. He floats on you. He, yeah, he floats, and it doesn't even like it's weird. Even on that second touchdown run and the third, because the third one had like a terrible angle. But mm-hmm. then when you go read the next gen stats, I think it said it was like a point three percent chance that 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 run ends up being a touchdown. But even with all that speed, he's willing to dish out some punishment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He don't avoid oh, yeah. no contact. You want to come hit me? Come get it. <laughs> Chances yeah. are you gonna end up on your back. Like he he's an all around back, man. And it's yeah. One of the one hmm. of the things he I heard him talking about. I Mitchell. He was talking about how he in the beginning of the season he didn't feel like he was running behind his pads that well. And yeah. I, I remember his fumble. Remember he he got hit hard a couple times. He was running too high mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the year. And he I remember that fumble he had against Cleveland mm-hmm. because of. Because of his pads were too high, end up fumbling the ball, and I think they asked him basically like, "What could you could, right, right you're, you as a running back now compared to the beginning of the season? Like, what's different?" And he said that was the main thing is that he he has a better understanding now of how to run behind his pads. Pad level, yep, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I can quantify this in any way, but rare air athletes who just make it look so easy. I look at him and he's the same type of player. Like when he's running, it it looks like he's just kind of jogging on you. And then all of a sudden he hits fifth gear and he's 30 yards downfield and walking in the end zone. You know what I'm saying? It's just like everything they do comes easier to them. And if they mm-hmm. ever figure it out, it just becomes a situation where it's like, how good do you want to be? Well, that's, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's similar to when you're talking about those, like them just making it look easy. Is that uh, running back in Nashville? Because <laughs> that's how it looks like with him sometimes. Mm-hmm. She like, he's jogging out here. He's do y'all see what I'm 95. saying do you see what I'm saying with that Foster, Arian Foster comparison? Because I always feel like 
it's just like he's gliding. Like you, I mean, y'all remember Arian Foster? I mean, um, I know they ran like a zone. Speed. I would say the, uh, the so yeah. So I I see with the Arian, the, the, like the only thing about Arian is Arian didn't run a four three, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, like so. But I see exactly what you're saying, especially with the when he runs to the outside. Yeah, his outside runs look very much like Arian Foster. Yeah, I, I also would say. I feel like Aaron Foster, when I used to watch Aaron Foster, especially in that uh Browns, Aaron used to make that shit look easy, wasn't it? it yeah, he was so good in that Kubiak scheme where he was just one cutting it hand to hole and he's just galloping on you. Mm-hmm. I would say that Gibson's a little more sudden than that. Yeah. I think his start stop is a, is better than Aaron Foster's was in his time. But I mean, I think Aaron Foster wasn't a great back. He just was a type of guy I'm one cutting and I'm galloping for whatever. I think Gibson makes more plays on his own than Foster can. Yeah, not for you on that. yeah, that's the that to me that was the trait that you could tell in Gibson from the start. He could a one yard a, a carry that would have, should have been one yard. He was mm-hmm. turning it into five six yard carries. Yep. Um, especially saw that shit versus the Bengals. That first contact is not bringing him down. Not bringing him down, and he always manages to squeeze a, an extra two yards out, man. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. special player, man. Yep. So happy we drafted him. I'm glad you, they listened to the podcast, man. <laughs> Kyle was tuned in, man. He was like, you know, this nigga making a lot of great points right now. <laughs> I, think, I think Scott Turner was listening to us too, man. Hey, Scott, <laughs> hey, hey, listen, Scott, that was Scott's coming out, coming out party. That was Scott's best game he's called all year. Because the national, the national media believes this guy is a very good offensive <laughs> coordinator, and I was like, I seen him, you know. And this is no disrespect to Scott. Right. But this is the first time they've seen him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, Scott Turner's drawing up these incredible runs. Oh, I love the scheme. The misdirection, everything. I was like, I was like our Scott Turner? <laughs> <laughs> Scott was like, I'm on Thanksgiving. I got to make sure I show up. I got to show out. Where, where that Fumble Ruski at, coach? <laughs> Go ahead and run this real quick. Um, now, nah, he looked up in the broadcast booth. He saw Troy. He was like, don't worry, Uncle Troy. Nigga <laughs> said Uncle Troy. And you know he probably called nigga Uncle Troy too. Oh. <laughs> that boy, oh. Daddy and Troy. Didn't, didn't, didn't his, his, his dad ran his Hall of Fame speech, right? Didn't he do? Didn't he introduce him with the Hall of Fame? He did. He did? Yeah. He did, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, they did yeah. say Norbert Troy was tight though. Oh yeah, Norbert yeah. Troy are like makes sense. One thing I noticed is remember all summer when John Kime. I remember him saying this specifically. He was the only person that really was saying that, is that he thinks that the offense in the second half of the season is going to look a lot better than the first. And I, I think we all kind of gathered that. But there was times in the first eight weeks of this year where we're like, Scott, what are you doing, man? <laughs> but you're, you're saying now a, a lot of the pieces come together, man. Like Gibson is able to handle more of the load. Kind of like a situation where maybe you had to get Haskins out of there for the offense to be yeah. all cylinders. Oh, 100%. Right, mm-hmm. Yeah, now you're seeing McLaurin get – the target that he really deserves and needs. You're seeing Logan Thompson being used in a weird way, in a in a different way, I should say. And you're seeing more trick plays. Like they ran a damn little Giants fumble Ruski. I'm not saying this is mm-hmm. something you couldn't have done six weeks ago, but it's not something you probably feel comfortable doing until everything is working the way it's supposed to. Clearly, he's got a better understanding of his players. Obviously, with no offseason, you know, I mean, obviously, pandemic protocols, all that stuff. Like, he's more comfortable. He sees what, what people can do. Obviously, they didn't want to put a lot on Gibson's plate to start. Obviously, they kept telling us that, too. But I just think he has a butter, better understanding of his players, and he has a quarterback that he has confidence in to run his playbook. Yeah, but you know what I would also say it is, man? I think I said this to y'all in the chat. Like, we don't get to play in any close games. Our games have not been normal games. Like, week to week. Our games have not had 
it's not like we've been in games where it's 14 10, right? 13. Our games have either been 17. We're way behind, right? We're way behind <laughs> and we're coming back. Mm-hmm. The only game where what, and then, or a game where you have a rack of turnovers, mm-hmm. like the Cleveland game. So we haven't really, like, the weird thing about our season is that we haven't really seen our team in fourth quarters like the one on Thursday, right? Where the game's just going back and forth. Mm-hmm. One okay. score game. Like, we really had, where guys need to just make plays like late third quarter. We haven't really seen our team in those type of games. I think that's been the unfortunate thing for me. This we haven't been in a game where it's been third quarter. Teams trying to team is behind one score. It's third and eight. We need a pass rush. Right. Like we just haven't been in those. The second half of most of our games, the other team hasn't been throwing the ball. Right. They've yep. been so far ahead. They've been trying to run the clock out. Yep. Right. Yep. So that that's really what I want to see us in the next couple weeks as well. Can you hang with these? Because the mm-hmm. thing about Gibson McLaurin is these are game breakers, man. Mm-hmm. And if you can be in a game, and this isn't to say we can beat team, we can beat the top teams because we can't, those teams are way better than us. But yeah. the truth is, if we're gonna be in close games and it gets to the fourth quarter, 17 and 24 are game-winning players. Mm-hmm. You can they can break a game. It can be 27-23 next Sunday, and we and it's third and eight. And McLaurin houses it for sixty, and now you're winning a game. We don't, we have, we're not used to having this type of. Yeah, game. that's a good. That's a good we point. Really we really aren't. It's, it's, you, we haven't been. We have not been in games where we got to see that. You're right, bro. That's a that's a damn good point. Because usually we got to get away from game script. You're you're trailing. Right. You got no huddle. You never. Usually our our run game isn't truly a threat in the fourth quarter. So, mm-hmm. nah, that's a good point. Alex had another Alex like day. Nineteen of twenty six, one hundred forty nine yards through a touchdown through. A very odd pick that, I mean, he just, I don't know. He didn't see uh, Jalen Smith dropping into coverage. Yeah. He was very, he was late dropping into coverage. He was late. He was late. Mm-hmm. And but Alex he, was also late. But late on the throw, yeah. I mean, Jalen Smith was surprised when the ball got there, if we're being honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. See, Jalen was also, yeah, like you said, Jalen was late because that motherfucker's never ready. <laughs> I, I guarantee he wasn't. Right. Nah. I'm willing to bet any amount of money. I'll guarantee they're going to watch the tape next or this week and be like, Jalen? I know you made a good play. I, thanks for getting the interception. But you, didn't position, do, but you didn't do your job, son. <laughs> I mean, you saw the play. I mean, he started rushing off the right edge. It kind of like he just kind of gave up. He's like, oh, yeah, right. now the football in my hands. And the ball <laughs> hit him. <laughs> he didn't pick it off. The ball picked him off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was just going to say, if you make enough plays and you don't turn the ball over, you can allow a team to beat themselves with good defense and just solid play. and especially a team like Dallas, their thing this season is they haven't been able to either complete a comeback or or they haven't been able to hold leads. That's the recipe to win games. And you play hard enough, you don't beat yourselves, and you win games. Simple. Hey, man, I am I think we all know. I'm, I mean, we all fans of Alex Smith. Um, Alex played a solid game. I have no complaints from what Alex did on Thursday. I mean, obviously, the outside of the, outside of the pick, um, it's clear he doesn't have – I mean, I know we discussed it, but it's clear he doesn't really have that mobility no more, but he can still – buy time to make plays it's just keeps you in the game he manages the game he's clearly brought a confidence to the offense like the offensive weapons the young guys they look up to him you could always see them walking to him him whispering the plays in the ears or somebody forgets something or some shit alex is doing what alex does man it's i still can't believe this brother's out here playing football right like, right i actually i took a <laughs> i took a step back on that and watched that game thursday where i was like yo this man is really still out here and he's guiding us to alex has been through hell and back bro 
for people that, especially in this fan base that complained in 2018 about not having a flashy offense and all this other shit, just knock it off. And I hope people have stopped that foolishness talking about he's just a game manager, doesn't throw it downfield. Because when he needed to make plays in McLaurin, he found McLaurin. He found McLaurin across the middle for a 28-yard game. You know what I'm saying? Hit Logan Thomas when he needed to hit him. Like, everything, I mean, obviously he does a lot of dinking and dumping, but also, if the defense is going to allow it, we're going to fucking take it. I'm cool with Alex doing that dinking and dunking shit and keeping us competitive and not turning the ball over three times a game like our other quarterback was the first four weeks of the season. So I got no complaints with Alex Smith on Thursday, man. Good job. Here's the thing about Alex Smith and the dinking and dunking. Let's let's just make a comparison to 2018 where when you're dinking and dunking, you're throwing the ball to AP, who's not really going to make a play like that in open field like J.D. McKissick or Antonio Gibson would. Yeah, he's dinking and dunking, taking care of the ball, but – Dinking and dunking to 24 and 41 is a big part of our offense, a very mm-hmm. successful part of our offense. So the, the offense is moving in a way that it, it couldn't have two years ago because you have to the guys who make a play on those dink and dunks. Like, I, I think I've read a stat that said they've been averaging 27 points a game since they benched Haskins. Yep. I mean, I'm not saying that's Haskins' fault. I mean, I think the offense needs to make strides in a lot of different ways. But I think that just saying he's dinking and dunking is kind of disingenuous. It's not like it's, he's just right. can't do anything else. I think that's a big part of the plan for success. But even to go back, I know y'all remember that third and nine when we were in Dallas's territory, like that drop off the McKissick, like how Dallas's whole defense just dropped everybody back. Like uh-huh. who the fuck didn't know that ball was going to McKissick? You know what I'm saying? Like instead of forcing it downfield or trying to force it into McLaurin, you see that McKissick is clearly out in the flat. And on third and nine, he has a pick up a 12. And there you go, first and goal, and we end up scoring. So, I mean, Alex makes the right plays, dog. Makes the right decisions. So I'm good with it. Just got to protect them because these teams coming up, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, the, the team on Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, that's my main concern going into Sunday, man. Yep. Is we got to keep 11 safe out there. Yeah. Um, it, but you know what? You know the thing with Alex, it, it, for me, I can only – these are the kind of games that Alex has been winning his whole career, right? Games where he throws for 150 yards. Like, this has been the, his MO his whole career. I don't think he was especially great. On Sunday, on Thursday, he wasn't especially bad either, Mm-mm. right? My Sox. thing with Alex is the sacks. Is as long as he we can keep him from not taking sacks, man. I think our offense can can piece together drives. Um, next Sunday, next Sunday, I don't. That's that's where the issue. We gotta avoid taking all these sacks and him running for his life. Uh, I'm interested to see how we that. scheme that up, though, Cliff. I'm glad you said that, because I'm interested to see how Scott plans on scheming up. Because, you know, I mean, you pointed out to me, Paul, I think, what, what Pittsburgh, they do the most yeah. blitzing in the league of all 32? Nah, so. South Steelers currently have the highest QB pressure rate in NFL history yeah. on a person that basis. They get after quarterbacks, man. The Steelers, you know what's wild? The Steelers are not – I still think the Rams are the best team we play all year. The Steelers' defense is the best unit we will play all season and they fucking thrive on turn. So they love it. That that would be if we can just take care of the ball, you gotta be able to run the ball next Sunday. I think that's the issue with playing Alex right now. Is it weak? I don't know if we can win a game behind Alex. Yeah. So we got a little head of ourselves ball, but that's, yeah. that's Pittsburgh coming, bro. <laughs> no, that's my only caveat with him. Like because the right. last two weeks he has not played especially and we've right. won the games. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. First of all, we did not talk about Terry McCorn or his or his tackle. Oh my okay. god! Forgot about the play. I, no, I, I I wasn't planning on talking about Terry because I feel he had a quiet day. But we have to talk about the, the chase down. You know what? It's, before you start, it's funny you say that because even on like um when Cooley was talking to Sheen, he was like, you know, it's like 
McLaurin goes out there, he gives you his seven for 97 for 80. And it's just like, yeah, that's just, we're all just like, yeah, that's McLaurin being McLaurin. Like, we really need to appreciate this shit because right. he's, he's arguably our best receiver we've had in quite some time, bro. Like, I know we expect him to do it, but we still, I mean, we still got to show appreciation for it. Because that's seven for 92, 13.1 average. Hey, man, McLaurin's a baller, bro. Listen, mm-hmm. man, this guy is fucking special, man. Special. We drafted a special football player. We really did. And we drafted the kind of player that... So, it'd be one thing if we had drafted a fucking... Right? This incredibly talented player who is, like, almost bigger than the fucking game that's going on. You know what I mean? Like, you're just, like you're just a sideshow to the fucking football game. Yeah, they got the camera showing them drinking water right. on the sideline and shit instead of focusing McLaurin, on him. McLaurin is, something, is a completely different background of wide receiver. There are not that many wide receivers that carry themselves. Well, there are not that many guys who become star wide receivers who carry themselves like them. they just don't. That's not really what you get out of that position. And it's so to have, is it not is it a deep position? Oh my god! Like the fuck, man. Like one other, there's no other position that has Antonio Brown and Odell, right? These like people who like, if you told them ten for two hundred in a in a loss, they'd be cool with it. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what they say. They would be. McLaurin is a team leader at wide receiver. And just by his attitude on the field, not even talking like, oh, he's he's this great behind the scenes talker. No. His attitude on the field is fantastic, man. That fits more. That fits Gerald mode. Yeah, it's great. And like just the fact that we all the, the general expectation of him last year was that he's gonna be a special teams guy. And here the fuck we are, but he's still got a special teams mentality. Mm-hmm. Man. I, I'm so happy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know who's because you know what the fuck's gonna happen is Bruce Allen's gonna one day put a quote out where he takes credit for Terry McLaurin. I can pretty much guarantee someone other, someone outside the building will be taking credit for the McLaurin draft very soon. Bruce gonna say the culture was damn good. I drafted McLaurin. He's gonna say, you know, I was the, I was the guy in the room saying we gotta draft Terry McLaurin. I can, you. I already know someone's gonna try to be like I was, but yeah, we have like an All Pro level receiver. Yeah. It's year two. And he's had five quarterbacks. It's crazy. Right. And five sorry quarterbacks. <laughs> With some DeAndre <laughs> like, like, early no, Texas. If, if we keep it a buck, he's had five sorry quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. Like some DeAndre mm-hmm. Hopkins shit. Mm-hmm. Made a game-changing tackle, bro. Because if he if it's Jalen Smith that scores, that's tie ball game. He gave the defense an opportunity to go out there. Like <laughs> everybody doesn't do that stuff, man. Like people don't understand those little things, bro. He he has the whole package. And it's funny because they interviewed him, I want to say a couple days ago, before the game. And he's like, yeah, man, like my mindset was to come in and just be an ace on special teams. For him to have that mindset, and then, bro, you out here putting up numbers like you a top. Right now, you are you you can make the argument he's a top 10 wide receiver, bro. And it's still year two. Make the argument. That man is a top 10 receiver. It's I And I, if, if I honestly sat and thought about it, I can make an argument for that guy being top. I do not think there's anyone like Pootie. He went against. He's gone against the top guys basically since every week. His second week in the league. Mm-hmm. Like this is since he cooked the Eagles week one in 2019. That mm-hmm. man has been facing the top corner every week. The league was like, "Who the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> like you go watch his tape for his Gilmore last year. That uh-huh. nigga was giving Gilmore problems. Given- <laughs> You know it's bad because these niggas dap him up after the game. 
and they all run to Twitter like, damn, we're I all run to Twitter like, like, <laughs> like, like once, remember Darius Slay last year? Because uh-huh. he was yeah. getting played a business. Mm-hmm. Nah, it just makes me happy because we usually, our enemies draft this type of player. <laughs> like straight, we see this nigga on another team, we're like, why the fuck can't we get this nigga? We got to end up with fucking Malcolm Kelly or some goddamn shit. So, Paul man, Devin Thomas. Oh, Paul man, Devin Thomas. Mm-hmm. Corey, Corey, Devin Thomas is clearly your brother in light skin arms. I don't want to hear that shit. Hey, Corey, you was trying to get in the Fantasia video too, man. Shit, I don't want to hear that. Oh, this nigga was in the Fantasia video. That's how we, that's how we knew, though. Right? This nigga, this nigga not focused on football. At all, bro. And you in a Fantasia video, nigga. Oh, a Fantasia video? Shit. Speaking of Fantasia too busy, video, you trying to be on BET late night. Okay. Right, this, this man was trying to be on BET and cut instead of be on the all protein. Fuck. Nigga, BET gospel? Fantasia, nigga? <laughs> like, you ain't even in, like, a young star. Nope. Tr- like, like, no offense. I want a caveat. Bro. I know everybody out there thinks. <laughs> I'm not going on Fantasia. I'm saying, like, usually you a young player like Devin Thomas age. You know what I mean? The hot musician. Right. Nigga should have been in like a Hurricane Chris video. Right. Like, you in you you a Meg Thee Stallion video. Right. This nigga is in, was in a Fantasia video. Right. That sums up your career. God. All right. Defense. We got to talk defense. Where do we start? Where do we start? Look, they, obviously the Cowboys had some injury during the game. So the game sort of became not easier, but there was an easier pathway to the D-line dominating after those injuries. But in the end, you still got to go out there and do it. Yep. Run game down. Clearly mm-hmm. their goal was to get Zeke going. Couldn't get Zeke's old ass going. Listen, Chase uh, Chase Young, he had a sack. Tackle for loss early in the game. Mm-hmm. Montez Sweat, that's a hell of a football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it, it was good to see everybody show out. I thought the problems we would have were going to be on the outside covering their receivers, but even that, it wasn't that big a problem. Cameron Curl also. Big up to Deron Payne getting a sack. I know he had his, they ended up splitting it with Holcomb. Mm-hmm. Payne was dominating his side. John Allen, I mean, people don't, people be really disrespecting John Allen on Twitter, man. Like, John Allen controls that line of scrimmage, bro. I know he didn't have a sack, but you got to give that dude some praise, man, because he's he's having a damn good season. Yes. Um. Does. Big up, like you said, big up to settle for getting that sack too. Got the penguin dance rocking. That shit is fire. Um, like you pointed out to Cliff Darby. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. He had me scared shitless early on because Amari looked like he was in the fucking zone. But even the plays that he gave up to Amari, I mean, outside of the long ass touchdown pass, I thought Darby, he kept fighting, bro. He had a good stop on CD on fourth down. Jimmy was playing good in the slot. I mean, clearly we didn't let CD get off, so. I mean, yeah. I think all around the defense played well. Even the linebackers, like Holcomb played well. I don't think Boston really stood out. But Thomas Davis was out there for a little bit. He didn't have many tackles. But, I mean, it just the whole unit, they played together. Deron Payne actually got credit for that um, fumble. I didn't even know that at first, but all the fumble in the first series. Oh, we did? Half. Yeah. Okay. If you watch that play, as Zeke is going down, Payne reaches down and flicks the ball, just like taps it. That's my dog, man. Cliff, stop going on my man, man. It's like now. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of uh, Bostic, I'm not 100% certain. I got to watch the play again. But on that uh, drive where they went for on fourth down right before the derby stop, remember they did the jet sweep to um, CeeDee Lamb. And I think that Bostic actually makes that play. Oh, I'm trying to remember it now. On the jet sweep? Oh. You mean when they're about to swim after the McLaurin play? No, no, no. On, on third and one. On mm-hmm. third and one, before the fourth and one, where Darby uh, shuts down Lamb. 
they do a jet sweep or a little push past. And I think that Bostic is the one that makes that play. Oh, you talking about the play where Curl has, curls at the edge. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm pulling it up right now and see who did it. But I, like either way, I mean, solid defense all around. Bostic wasn't the liability that he's been in weeks past, in my opinion. Like Rivera's been preaching. Everybody stayed in their gap, gap control, not running out of position. Like, do your job. And that's what everybody was doing. So, hey. They also tackled. Really well. They tackled I put really that down well. as a note. This might be the best tackling defense we've had in quite some time. I don't even think I'm being extreme with that, but especially in the open field, I mean, Cameron Curl is obviously he's standing up because outside of that play on Pollard, which he damn near made, was I don't remember if that was third one or fourth one, but we are doing damn good as far as open field tackles. Yeah. And you, you got, I mean, y'all know, I mean, we've had a history of letting people just miss first contact, they're still running or open field on a fourth and five or a third and five, and they end up picking 12. Like, this defense is getting to the football, and they tackle as a unit. So it's 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 good to see, man. Yeah, on that play I was talking about actually is Jonathan Allen, but Bostic is the one player that makes him turn it up, and then he's right there in John Allen's arms for the for the you know mm-hmm. the short. But yeah, I mean, good play by him. That's fine. I mean, you didn't make the play, but you let your man make the play, and I mean, if it yep. worked for you, who probably gets that conversion, and then you mm-hmm. don't get that touchdown straight up. Darby had a down day, but like you said, CS, I think that he made a couple kept of nice fighting. plays. And he kept fighting. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he had a really rough couple series to open the game. And I was like, oh, God, are they gonna, are it, they really going to target 23 the entire game like this? But It was just odd. They went away from it. They tried. They started putting CD on his side. They, it's like they was going to Omari early, but I, I was surprised they didn't keep feeding him because he had, he had Darby as a trouble early on, man. Yeah. You know the next game is Jeremy Reeves. Speak on it. That's your man. Let the people know. <laughs> I, I have been the president of the German Reese fan club since 2018 and shit. But that's a guy that, I, you know, coming out in 2018, I thought he had a chance to be a good NFL safety. He went to South Alabama, went to the pro uh, senior ball, I should say, balled out, didn't get invited to the combine. And we picked him up. I was like, if you give him a chance to play, he might actually show you something. And he hasn't had a chance over the past couple of years. Um was thrust into a starting role with injuries and stuff like that these past couple of weeks. And he's shown that he actually can play on the NFL level, man. I think he's need a couple of years to, to get it popping, but I think it was at 78 was one of the highest rate safeties in the NFL this past weekend uh, mm-hmm. was a guy that despite not playing, he's calling out um, coverage and stuff like that on that one. Uh, they ran a, uh, like a bubble screen to lamb and you hear him screaming at, Cameron Curl to get over there and Cameron mm-hmm. Curl ends up making the tackle out on the flat for a gain of two. But this is Jeremy Reeves, a guy who is two starts to his name. And he's actually telling people where you need to go, where you need to be against one of the most complex offensive arsenals in the NFL. It's just it's good to see that he's making that recognition. He's actually making plays on that reverse to Lamb after the Jalen Smith interception. He's the one that makes that mm-hmm. loss. Mm-hmm. He's the one that's coming up and wrapping up and not letting anybody escape. It's, just, it's good to see these guys who you didn't really think that could, that could actually contribute in a significant way, make plays. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, I know Cliff pointed out to us in the chat, how because him and Aki, they kind of split plays and stuff. It's going to be interesting to see, is the game plan going to be to roll out there with Aki to start, or would they give Reeves a shot, you know, to actually come out and start a game? Because, I mean, he played well. I think he might have played well enough to get, get an opportunity and be a starter versus Pittsburgh. So we're going to see. Yeah. Uh, shoot, even Aki had a play. You see Aki blow up Lamb on that, on that one of the last plays of the game? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I can't. Easy to make plays when you up by a dub. No, yeah, see, yeah, see, stop, 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 stop. Oh, <laughs> no, I thought even that is just that's how you know the Cowboys some trash, man. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. I'm like, why, why ain't knocking it? But I mean, I'm glad Appy made the hit. It was good to see. I just wish we could see that more often because I ain't never seen Appy be that physical since he's been on the field. You know what I'm not saying? Even, so, not even that physical. Yeah, it was it was a physical play by Appy, but it's also okay. You recognize that CD Lamb is doing a crossing route on fourth and four. And you attack. He, he's decisive. He comes downhill and he don't miss. Mm-hmm. He, he makes tackle short. Like it's the only thing I've seen from Appy these past few weeks is that. He can't be trusted when he's trusting his eyes. Like he's always gonna miss, or he's always gonna misjudge. Like mm-hmm. for all for all I know, he could have missed that tackle, and Lamb could have skated the sideline for a gain of thirty. Not they would have mattered at that point of the game, but you. I just... would have drove to your house immediately. <laughs> <laughs> this man can't be trusted to fucking right. uh, trust his eyes and make the play. Right. So it's good to see him, even see him do that. To, to answer your other question, I don't know if I would start Appy. Uh, I would honestly rock with Reeves, even when. Everett's back. I would just keep the trio of Everett, Reeves, and Curl. That seems like it's been working. It seems like mm-hmm. you get the most out of that group. I wouldn't trust Apke unless somebody else goes down. But that's just I'm with you. Uh, Kendall Fuller had an up and down game too. He's had a couple up and down games these past couple. I mean, that's something to keep an eye on. I still think he's the best cornerback. I th- I still think that he's the type of guy that you could probably play at safety a little bit. Um, if you really tr- uh, had some trust in maybe Moreau or Jimmy Merlin to be on the outside a little bit more, but I, who knows if that's really what, what they their plans are. I think this 10 days off is going to be good for Fuller because I think he was a little banged up. I mean, they haven't really um, – I think even in the last game, like, I can't remember if he was lipping or if he just got shaken up, but I think he, he might be a little injured. I mean, obviously everybody got a little nicks and bruises, but this little 10-day off, I think that's going to be good for Fuller. He hasn't been playing at the A-grade level that he was to start off the season, but like you said, Paul, he's still easily our best corner. That's not – Yeah. Should we talk about that fake punt? Yes, I mean, I mean, a good a good play by your boy Kaliki Hudson. But should we talk about the fake punt for a second? We definitely dumbass McCarty. Go ahead, Cliff. Light his ass up. Nah, listen, I'm look, I'm all for going. For, I don't have no problem with going for fake punt. The thing about shit like that is when it's fourth and ten, that shit better work, or we gonna look like some fucking idiots out here. Mm-hmm. And we covered it well. We did. Mm-hmm. Right, like so, it was a bad call. I, it was only a bad call because they didn't get it. I think right. when they showed the replay, there was a guy he could have thrown the ball to. Sure was. Yep, it's mm-hmm. my leak. Yep. So in the end, it didn't work. Niggas like some fucking morons. But we've seen teams do that shit us before. Mm-hmm. It should work. So right. I mean, the thing I don't like about that play call. Let's say he has to run, which it looks like he kind of you know, ran or was going to run or try to run because he didn't see the guy downfield or whatever. But you're running 30, 40 yards to gain 10. Like you're running 30, 40 yards on right. a reverse to gain two or three. That's something else. You're running 30 yards before you get to the last scrimmage, and now you have 10 more yards to go? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, unless everybody on the defense has a madness awareness of 40, that's not going to work out for you. I mean, I it's the thing. Like, listen, I don't have a problem with the call, but it's got to be – got to understand game – game flow they weren't in position to be calling that play right there i didn't think i mean the ball was on like the 20 yard line or something right yeah they think like a 30 yeah and it's not like the game was out of reach i mean it was a four-point game like get your defense not saying they should trust their defense i would have thought they could find a better situation to attempt that try but i'm glad we i mean we covered it well so thank you mccarthy with your stupid ass that that, that's was i mean like if that were any other team there would be questions about your job moving forward after this but of course, like we mentioned, Jerry Jones is going to have to bite this bullet and stick with McCarthy for a while. But, I mean, at the very least, we're having a meeting on Friday morning. Get your ass to the facility, and we're going to watch that play. I, you got to explain to me what the hell you're doing. And the fact that he went to the post-game press conference, it was like, yeah, we thought it was a solid call. I was like, explain to me how this is a solid call. 
Like, no, they saw please. us out there running tight end reverse passes and the fumble ruski. Like McCarthy was like, oh, we got to run something <laughs> with his stupid ass on fourth and ten. Come on, man. The even dumber thing is that they asked this motherfucker about it after the game, and he was just like, yeah, it was a great call. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Uh, start listening to Aaron Rodgers, man. Hey, but in fairness, Aaron Rodgers looks like he I mean, I'm not saying that he really had beef with uh LaFleur before, but they weren't getting along like that last year, and it looks like that was the right hire. But he definitely, definitely was telling y'all without telling y'all that Mike McCarthy wasn't it and Jerry didn't listen. Oh no, I think he told us while telling us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <think> Rogers <laughs> hit that one. Rogers did not fuck with McCarthy. At all. But but Rogers' reason in the start for not fucking with McCarthy a sense, and it was only it was because he took Alex Smith. You gotta remember that. So he mm, never liked McCarthy. Yeah, yeah. Because McCarthy was the OC in San Francisco when he took Alex yeah, Smith. Forgot about that. So off jump, he didn't think. McC- but then McCarthy proved himself to not know what he was. But McCarthy McCarthy clearly cost the Packers and A Rod some uh, Super Bowl appearances because. Definitely. He's just not not a bright coach. But hey, glad Dallas hired him. Great hire. I, I say you give him an extension. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? Defensive. Jack Del Rio called a hell of a game. I mean, I don't have any beef. His blitz packages or his coverage packages. I think that the one play where he gets beat deep, Darby gets beat deep for a touchdown, was more just a great individual play. And it may or may not even been a push off, to be honest with you. But when you hold a team to one touchdown, which is a 55-yarder and then three field goals. I mean, you can't really complain about that. Just into these second-half stats for Dallas. We held them to 73 yards, allowed four total first downs, and for seven third-down opportunities, we had six. So, I mean, obviously, we know since the season started, we've been a second-half team defensively, but we we completely shut them down. It's, it's them first halves that's been the doozy <laughs> defense. Can't do that versus Pittsburgh. I know Jack has had a tough month, man. Jack had a tough November. Damn right, dude. So... <laughs> and so you know, I know earlier in the month that Tuesday night had him a little, you know, he's been rattled since that week. Is that Lafayette? <laughs> 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 but look, the defense has shown up in the second half of games. I think the defense has also shown that when we're playing against teams that don't have a ton of talent, we can take advantage of them. That's why, look, the Pittsburgh game and the Seattle game, and the San Francisco game for that matter, because it's Kyle Shanahan. I think we're going to find out a lot more about this. I'm very mm-hmm. curious to see how we look. I'm just glad we going into that stretch with a little confidence, you know? Like, they yeah. they kind of, they believing in themselves. And it's kind of what Rivera's just been preaching, dude. Just, you know, be on the same page, believe in what the coaches are saying. So this is this is going to be a good test for us. I mean, yeah, it only can, can really work out for you if you are able to steal one of these th- next three. I mean, I think you probably need to at least win one of the next three if you want to have a fighting chance going into week 16 and 17 without having to depend on the Giants losing the game or whatever like that. But, like, yeah, you go up there and you, you show up. You show up. I'm not even saying necessarily you got to win. Play well against Russell Wilson, who was an MVP candidate. You play well against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers and their arsenal of wide receivers. You play well against Ford Niners, who, who has an offensive coordinator and head coach that is a master schemer, you know? Figure out a way to, to build on the confidence that you had. Think about when they beat Dallas the first time and they were going into the bye week and you heard Terry McLaurin talking about how this is right where you want to be. Well, now you're right where you want to be again. You know, this time you actually have a chance to take advantage of opportunities instead of blowing back-to-back fourth quarter leads and w- losing in the last second. Well, I think I think as far as the division goes, the other, the Giants and the Eagles have tough. The same, their stretches the next three are tougher. It's just as tough as ours. Frank. Yep. Yeah. 
So I don't think either of us are winning anytime soon. Until week 16, 17, whoever manages to get one win before then, Mm -hmm. probably going to be the team that wins before. Dallas has Baltimore next week. We think. We think they have Baltimore next week. We'll see how this week goes with COVID. Uh, they had the Bengals. I mean, the Bengals gave the Giants a game yesterday. I know the Giants re- weren't really that good once Colt came in, but Brent Allen had like what 50, 55 passing yards or like 80 passing yards. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand how they stayed in that game as long as they did, but whatever. Then you got the Niners and they had the Eagles and they had the Giants. The Giants have Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore, and they finished with Dallas. Mm. Philly has at Green Bay. New Orleans, which and Breeze might be back by then. We'll, we don't know yet. At Arizona, which will probably be a game that they need to win to stay alive. Dallas, and then us. Mm. And then we have Pittsburgh, San Fran, which is in Arizona, remember. Seattle, Carolina, and Philly. I would say that Dallas definitely has the hardest path. And I think that – I mean, I'm sorry. They have the easiest path. But I just can't trust Dallas right now. You're a game behind. You've been swept. Mm-hmm. I know you have one one in hand with the Giants, but you're going to play them again, and you'll probably lose because they'll be playing for something down the stretch. The hardest stretch is easily the Giants, especially if Daniel Jones is forced to miss time and Colt McCoy is a starting quarterback for any of these games. You can kiss that game goodbye. That's going to be a loss. They just said something. Out. They said Daniel Jones, his, I guess the handy wasn't as bad as they thought. Yeah, he said he got a, shot, got a shot to play this week. So Okay. All right. Well, I mean, still, at Seattle versus Arizona versus Cleveland at Baltimore, that's still mm-hmm. tough. Definitely. Oh, yeah, those are losses. That team is going to lose, probably lose those guys. I think the scenario that we that would help us, I'm going to give you all this, because we obviously don't have the tiebreaker with the Giants, okay, because they swept us. But we swept the Cowboys. The best scenario is a three-way tie with us, the Cowboys. We, would need, we need the Cowboys to beat the Giants when they mm-hmm. Because if we go for it, essentially what, what could end up happening is if we beat the Eagles, we would be four and two. If the Giants lose to the Cowboys, they'd be three and three in the division. We would have the best division record. Yep. Means if there is a tie, a three-way tie, we would win the division. Mm-hmm. That is, I think, our best pathway is we need them to lose their last. When do the Giants play Dallas again? Week 17. Week 17. Oh, that's same damn, same time we play Philly. Shit. Mm-hmm. But also we they, it's also very possible the Giants don't win another game. That's so very true. Yeah, man. I mean, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're able to just, uh, I mean, I, I hate doing this game because we say who you can and can't beat and you, you end up getting mopped. But I mean, I, I would say for sure that the best chances of winning games on the stretch are probably the last two. If I had to pick one of these next three, I mean, I definitely would probably pick the 49ers over mm-hmm. the Steelers or the Seahawks. But let's just say they are able to beat the Niners. Let's say that. If the Giants only win one game the rest of the season, if they, I mean, they can have this thing wrapped up. Week 16, if they beat Carolina, if they beat the Niners. I'm just saying, like, best-case scenario, you win these next two games, the Giants go 0-4 over the next four, then you have a situation where it's week 17, you're resting guys mm-hmm. for a home date with, I don't know, I don't know. No, it'd be, it's looking like, it, I mean, the matchups, uh, Seahawks, Bucks. Yeah. yeah. Look, I, I thought about We're real ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I thought about this yesterday. Uh, I, I actually don't think the 49ers. After thinking about it, and I know I initially think I said that to you all last week, I actually think Seattle's the team we could beat. They're the team with the weakest defense. They're the team with the weakest O-line, all right? Like, they're the cross country. Right. Playing at 1 o'clock. They're the team that actually has the holes in their team, mm-hmm. right? But I think what makes it even harder is this COVID shit. 
COVID is going to impact this division race too. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of hard to predict it. You know, obviously beating the Steelers would be gr- lovely. Mm-hmm. I, that's beautiful. <laughs> but that's, that's just probably not, ha- that's just not happening. Folks. It's probably a pipe dream. No doubt. Yeah. That's not happening. Um, the last four games, I'm not going to call them winnable. I don't think you, I don't think when you, I think when you're four and seven, there's no such thing as a winnable game. I think those are four games where, right. If we play our best game, we have a shot. Definitely. Um, so, but the truth is when, unless we played the Cowboys, we haven't looked good. Yeah. And I think we have to remember that in the games where we did look good. We lost those giants games. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we've all been waiting for them to put a complete game together. Um, I mean, I know they've only really put two complete games together and both versus the same team, a team that appears to just have lost control of all semi when one game. Yeah, they stink. But, I mean, there have been times, even the games they lost, where they looked very competent. I mean, can you just put together four good quarters of football? But what I'm saying, like, this is a team that's gaining confidence, and I, maybe they're getting more comfortable with Alex Smith. The defense has been coming along slowly, but these past six quarters, I know that the first half versus the Cincinnati Bengals wasn't really great, but, you know, they seem to be coming together. I just think if you can actually string together a couple of good quarters and you have a chance to beat teams like the 49ers or the Seahawks, like you said. Like you said, Paul, you just, I mean, I, I'm not trying to look too far ahead, but like you said, if they could just try to fi- find a way to steal one of these next three, they put themselves in a great position going down to those final two games. Like you said, they just got to find a way to put four quarters together, man. I, obviously, we know we've only done it a couple times, but that doesn't mean we haven't played well in other games. We just need to figure out a way to finish it. And when you're playing them elite teams, you can't have a stretch here and a stretch there, start off the game now 17-0, 14-0, and expect the win versus these elite teams. So hopefully we find a way, whether that's versus Pitt, Seattle, San Fran, to put four quarters together and come away with a Vic. Yeah. It also we got it. Can we play well against a good team? Mm-hmm. Like I think that's I think it's important even coming off these two wins that they have a good performance versus a good team. Then mm-hmm. otherwise, you basically beat three completely ass teams this year, and you got mopped anytime you played against anybody who was decent. So haven't played a good team since we played the Rams. Been a long time, man. Yep, been a long time. So. Even having a good, not saying there's some sort of moral victory or anything like that, but even having a game where you're fucking in it in the fourth quarter. Yep. And you didn't, you're not in it because you came back and on some fluke shit. Uh, let's talk Pittsburgh. Let's talk Steelers. Uh, past couple times we played them had complete shit shows. <laughs> I mean, we were, we were all, times. Shoot, we, we all remember the game in, in 2016. Mm hmm. When uh, Breland couldn't guard AB and he's twerking the end zone, we all remember 2012, where they're throwing the ball to Griff on a trick play and he's getting crushed there, by Ryan now. Clark. Yep. Yeah. Remember when D'Angelo Hall goes ref? He's like, you know what? Fuck you. And he's like, <laughs> boom, you're out. <laughs> Shoot, remember the Monday night game where they took over FedEx in 2008? Mm-hmm. Shoot, they took it over the other Monday night, right? In 2016. Yeah. Sure. They take over everywhere they go. I mean, it's Pittsburgh. When the Blue Bloods, so like Kentucky or Duke. Damn, when is the last time we beat Pittsburgh? 91? 91, yeah. 91. God. I remember this. I remember this kind of vividly. This is like right before they shut down Three River Stadium. We yep. actually, we actually was the last game 
for them at uh, home. I remember and, that. And they Years. mopped us on a Saturday afternoon. I remember that. <laughs> they mopped us? Yes. Let me look up the score. No, we dogged no, no, no. them in 91. We... 41-14. No, I'm talking about in 2000. Oh, my bad. Okay. Yeah, the last game at Three Rivers. But I got to I got to pull up right here. 24-3. Yep. to three. Yeah, they dogged us. You're right. <laughs> you want to guess who started the quarterback for us? 2000. Uh, don't tell me. Um, Don't tell me. Was it Banks? Nope. Don't tell me, 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 hold on, let me think, 2000, fuck, no, not Hostetler, I'm thinking, it was Jeff George, because he was benched, right, no, 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 it was Jeff George, it was his bum ass, yep, Larry Centers led us with seven catches for seven, shout out Larry Centers, man, I remember Larry Centers, Steven Alexander, Steve Alexander was a solid tight end for us, that was Paul's man, four for 80, I guess, maybe, your man, uh, what's his name, Jeremy Asher, Albert Connell, Irving Fryer, <laughs> Irving Fryer, your man Henry Ellard, Stephen Davis. <laughs> yeah, we've lost our last six versus Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and each loss has been equally and exceedingly horrifying. I mean, they haven't had a close game with Pittsburgh maybe since 2004. Even in 2004, it was probably like a, a pretty wide margin of victory. Let me look that. 2004, 16-7. One remember that game. I remember that Sean Taylor blew a Billy Parker on a wheel route. Yeah. It really didn't want no more. It's only that. <laughs> <laughs> Strong said, "Buy out." What hit you with that booyah cow? Oh. <laughs> Our offense in these games is so bad, man. Bad, Cliff. I'm looking at the box. <laughs> Patrick Ramsey started that oh 16-7 loss. Mm. He was 19 of 34 for 138 yards. It's fucking terrible. It's fucking sack five times. And Rod Gardner threw a pass. <laughs> Sounds about right. Hey, Rod Gardner had several touchdown passes. This man, several. He had like at least two or three. Gardner throwing that shit with the eighty-seven on. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad he couldn't catch it. <laughs> How the fuck did he go round one? I would love because oh, we're Washington. I'd love to hear that clarify. At oh. no point did that nigga like a first round. Um, that two thousand eight game, man. That game. Our defense actually played really well in that game. You want to hear Ben Roethlisberger's? Go ahead. Five of seventeen for fifty yards and a pick. Really? If you remember, Leftwich came Lefwich in. Leftwich came in and lit us hey, up, and we lit lost. us up. That's right. I forgot about that joint. Yeah. Damn. Leftwich was fucking us up out there. That was Monday night, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He came in and lit us up. Willie Parker, Najee Davenport, and shit. What was our record at the time? I think what were we, we like? were six and three. Six and three, right? Yeah. We, had, we, we thought came, we was doing something out we here. Thought we, we was about to fucking do the next ones. Yeah, we thought we were the ones, and then they came mm-hmm. through and, and shut that joint down extremely mm-hmm. quick. You're like, oh, y'all think y'all contenders? Yeah, but we started ahead. Watch, watch this. Six we nothing. We had two drives. We were up six nothing, kicking field goals, and all hell broke loose. Um, Jeffrey field goal, then Roethlisberger touchdown run in the half. Willie Parker. Like, this was actually a pretty close game. And then Willie Parker scored a touchdown late in the, uh, late in the third quarter. I believe Antonio. Yeah. I believe we injured him in the first half, Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who was our kicker? Our kicker was Sean Sweezer. I was about to say Swisher House. Yeah. Swisher. <laughs> Swisher Sweet. <laughs> then 2012. Yeah, this one did not. It was fucking grip up out there. Disaster. We all that, that joint. And, you, and we sort of knew true. from the start this was going to be a long one. Mm-hmm. I think we knew that. And that was a time we were pretty banged up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got it to 10-6. On a pass to Santana Moss. 
I remember Santana touchdown that game. Yeah, Steelers got the ball right back. Touchdown. That was uh, it ended up being 20 to 6 <laughs> at halftime. And then we, for whatever reason, got our doors closed. Griffin, a 70 yard pass down. John yeah. Field got his ass demolished. Yeah. Y'all remember this in that game, uh, Emmanuel Sanders returned a punt for a touchdown. And I think he did a backflip into what the end zone and ended up calling the play back mm-hmm. because he flipped into the end zone. I was like, <laughs> mm, I forgot about that. Remember That's who cool. killed us the last time we played? I remember. I mean, AB definitely killed us. But who I mean, else? AB dogged us. AB dogged us, but he was not, you know, there was someone else who killed us just as much. I'll put it like that. Lima Sweet. D'Angelo <laughs> Williams. Oh, I see yes, it now. Sir. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sure sir. Did. 143 sure. and two touchdowns. That's fucking terrible. Oh, that's what happens when you trot out the likes of Chris Baker and Will Compton. But you know what? That something. game, that that was a game that we should have been. Cousins had two it, picks in that game. Field goal. We kicked field goals. Remember we remember we caused a turnover early. I think Kerrigan did on like a sack fumble. Mm-hmm. We, had, we drove down the field the first drive. Drive stalled the field goal. Next, I think they we caused the fumble their first drive. Remember correct? Kicked another field goal, and you sort of knew from that point forward. We but we got back into the game. We got we got it down to a one score game in the fourth. Cousins do a pick. Fucking Sison. How you putting that on, Kurt? By the way, did y'all see y'all man Grant Paulson on Twitter yesterday doing Grant Paulson things? I know y'all probably haven't blocked. I I tried to mute this motherfucker, but what would he say? Oh, uh, he just went on some uh, rant about Kirk and his comeback yesterday, and then somebody was like, "Oh, you." You love talking about Kirk. He's like, I love being right. I was like, you are just, this is why everybody here thinks mm-hmm. you are. Oh, see? Yep. <laughs> he, told you, he told you right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, everybody's thinking like being right. You're worse. Nigga, the you worst. You did not the cover worst. the Viking. If you want to take your fucking ass to Duluth, Minnesota, and work for, <laughs> <laughs> work for whatever uh, fucking clan sports network they got going over there. <laughs> Shoot, but hey, even Vikings fans are kind of feeling it with Kirk now. I mean, you you see him after they lose games, they're like, dog, Bruh. this nigga not worth this money. You saw them Thank doing the fucking viral thing over the summer where they was uh, splicing together uh, clips from training camp and putting it with people in the backyard pretending to get overthrown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they've had it. They've had it with this motherfucker, man. I still got that, still got that they, saved. They created a GoFundMe page to buy out his contract. Well. I knew it was over when I saw uh, when I started seeing Zach Wilson uh, jersey swaps. I was just like, "Y'all just paid Kurt, and y'all ready to give up already?" But you know what? Because that's a bad loss. Six and five, yeah. Vikings were five and six. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That definitely cost you. Damn, that they right there. They a game back. Yeah, yeah. They got, and they, they got a nice schedule too. Even after they did all that stuff, after they, that last spot in the playoffs, now who, who's six in the and five, spot? Arizona. No, nah, but, you, nah, but you know what happened to them? The same thing that happened to Houston. They just had a rough schedule to start. Yeah, that shit was brutal. Your schedule just sucked. They started Green Bay, Indianapolis, Tennessee, right? They I don't know how the fuck they lost to the Falcons, but they lost they played they lost the Seattle game five. Lost to the Titans. So you played at some tough team. Now you playing the bums. They got Jacksonville, Tampa, Chicago. They're also Detroit and Chicago. Yeah, I, I thought that maybe. The Lions were the worst team in that division. I fairly confident now after seeing they got ran through by Green Bay that the Bears are now holding that spot. Not just mm-hmm. because the quarterbacks were bad. Their defense it was lifeless yesterday. They I got exposed last exposed night. Exposed like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and say the Lions. <laughs> go out on a limb, huh? <laughs> like I'm very blown. We always find a way to lose to Detroit. Always. I mean, obviously the number one in total defense. I think they're gonna give 
Alex Smith had a lot of problems, especially with, uh, I mean, no matter how great David Sharp or Morgan Moses or eventually Jerron Christian have been looking, I, I think that TJ Watt and Bud Dupree pose a very, very complicated situation on the edge next Sunday. He has not played that poorly this year. No, he hasn't. No, no, no. He really and they are actually, was wild. How the fuck did they lose to the Cowboys, bro? Because Kirk can't beat Dallas. That's, that's legit. Damn. All when we, and that's Am I wrong with her? You are absolutely not wrong. Right. <laughs> he, got, he got one went over him, right? That he got one. Year. One. Um, <laughs> that's all I was thinking about during that fourth quarter on Thursday. Like, how the fuck did Minnesota lose these guys? And it's probably going to – watch this end up costing Minnesota that playoff spot. Trade away uh, Yannick Ngakwe and – What we doing? We, we still need to do our predictions, though. Yeah, we got to do our predictions. We, we actually need to talk about Pittsburgh. We just talked about how we mopped. We've been getting mopped by them. Well, you know the weird thing about Pittsburgh is they can't run the ball. They But they have – what they do on offense is our kryptonite. Mm-hmm. Get the ball out quick. Neutralize our pass rush. Ben can't move. Nope. Ben can't move. If and when the Steelers don't make the Super Bowl, it will be because – so we're playing a team with no run game, which sucks for us because we're actually not that bad versus – our mm-hmm. pass defense is kind of overrated. They always announce our numbers. <laughs> it's like, yo, do you know they're first in total defense versus passing? Like, we are? Right. <laughs> um, yo, got to tap the tackle because it's going to be quick shit to Juju. Quick pass to Deontay. Mm-hmm. Do not let this motherfucker Claypool get 60 mm-hmm. So you got to kill all the big plays. I think the game plan should be we're going to get rid of the big plays. We're going to take those out. What we're gonna do is if they if they're gonna go down the field with seven yard passes, five yard passes, then you force them to kick field goals mm-hmm. and get to the red zone. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball for us, gonna need twenty four in, in seventeen, man. Let's keep feeding the ball. I, I'm pretty sure we can score on anybody if we gave us the whole. Yep, uh, I, I, I'm so certain of it. And Joe Hayden, this Joe, mm-hmm. Joe Hayden don't follow no more. I know mm-hmm. he don't. No, he doesn't. Good, good for him. Yeah. The other nigga, the other nigga's uh, Stephen Nelson. Stephen Nelson, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, my friend, <laughs> are food. <next laughs> the only, I mean, the only issue is, listen, the Cowboys double teamed this nigga pretty much every play. He, they, he, they were getting help, and so if the Steelers are like, "Yo, we're gonna help on McLaren," what the fuck are we gonna do? Mm-hmm. Shit, I'm right there with you as far as the defensive game plan. I'm more looking at what are we gonna do offensively? How is Scott gonna scheme this up to counter that? pressure that they're bringing because that front seven for Pittsburgh I mean I mean like you stated Cliff they just their play design their blitz packages like they just find ways to get to the quarterback and they just find ways to turn the ball over what are we going to do to counter that aggressive front yeah. what's what's Scott going to do as far as the protections we know we want to get 17 and 24 involved but who else is going to be that number three to step up and potentially make a big play for us on offense and we it's like you said earlier it is a must we figure out a way to protect Alex like win or lose we got to make sure Alex mm-hmm. gets out of this game healthy, bro. And Damn. this is one of those games where he really he could potentially take a beating. So I'm I'm just interested to see how the old line is going to counter that, how Scott's going to counter that because this is um this is a huge test for our offensive line, huge test. I think the misdirection is going to have to be the key, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With a defense that has all this speed, and y'all didn't even mention Minka Fitzpatrick yet, so I do worry about them him sitting on these underneath routes and just coming up and blowing up folks or maybe picking one off. Uh, you got to keep them off balance, man. Because if you let these guys just start 
Peeing off. Peeing off, man. And then you, you have these cornerbacks. I know that Joe Hayden and Steve Nelson ain't all that. Minka Fitzpatrick is a top-tier, upper-shelf free safety, man. If he starts mm-hmm. reading keys and understanding what Alex is trying to do, he's going to pick one and take it to the house. But if you make him a step slower with this misdirection and stuff like that, then you have a chance to move the ball on him. How is Pittsburgh against the run? Look, the thing about them, year, and this is like with no disrespect. This is not meant with disrespect. At all. None of this. Is the thing about the Steelers this year <laughs> is they haven't really, and not to say that we're a good offense, they have had the fortunate opportunity to face all the bad offense. So I don't really even know how they are versus the run because I haven't really seen them play a good offense. Uh, I think the best, who is the best? Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. And Tennessee is a team that is highly based off play action. And, the, mm-hmm. and Tennessee fell behind. Mm hmm. Right, um, let's see how they do. Actually, well, let's just call Houston because, by the way, Deshaun Watson, that guy's MVP. Been he's, been second, he's been the second, he's been the third best quarterback in the league this year. Indeed, he has. Put some respect on his name. Pittsburgh, oh, actually, Pittsburgh and Washington are both giving up 4.3 yards per carry on the season, so they're both middle of the pack defensive, mm. like rush defense wise. Yeah, yeah, they're they're real, they really have benefited again. It's, they really have benefited from the fact that they have some of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. And their defense is, ha- is in, uh, uh, no no question, the defense is it's the best defense in the league right now. But I think playing the quarterbacks they've played is. Um, Shit, I'm, I'm looking at it now, Cliff. You're right, bro. They ain't really played many elite quarterbacks outside yeah. of Watson. They played Deshaun. And Lamar. Yeah, they played Lamar. And Lamar's not playing well right now. Um, they played. I mean, the who's who of bums. They faced all – I'm pretty sure they faced two of the sorry Denver quarterbacks when they played them. Mm-hmm. They faced Dale Jones, bum. Carson Wentz, bum. Mayfield, bum. Tannehill. Tannehill's been playing really well. And they were able to get pressure on Tannehill. And even still, the Titans almost came back and won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, shit, we saw them struggle with Dallas two weeks ago. We can't forget about that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they were trying – taking Dallas lightly, but – I mean, Cowboys took him down to the wire. Ended up being yeah. 24-19. 24-19. And so, like, the important thing to know, and I think I said this in the chat about the Steelers, is in the Tomlin era, we are currently listed as 11-point underdog. Mm-hmm. In the Tomlin era, the Steelers have been favored by more than 10 points 12 times now after that Dallas game. Against the spread, they are 2-10. and 10. Mm. They've lost, I think, three of those games outright or four. They have some – in fact, one of the things that has happened in the Tomlin era – is bad December losses to really bad. So you're saying there's a chance. I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I'm saying in their past, they have lost games to bad teams in December. Mm-hmm. So look, there's no reason for them to overlook us. I'm sure they're not going to be happy complaining team that they are, but they now have to play on Tuesday and on Sunday. So we Antonio Gibson run the ball is going to, I think that's the key. Keeping their offense on the sideline. Yeah, keep their offense on the sideline. And we have to keep Alex, like you said, win or lose. Win or lose, we got to keep this guy healthy, man. Mm -hmm. How can we have a sustainable 60 minutes of football where you're taking it down to the wire and and you're just saying whatever happens, happens, but we're not going to get blown out of this this building? That's why I kind of brought up the Titans game, but like Mm -hmm. listen, they got down early. Because Henry had, I mean, Henry had 20 carries for 75 yards in the touch, but I kind of figured maybe they could have been the model to follow because, you know, they run the ball and obviously they could do ball control. But yeah, I mean, looking at, this, looking at these results, I, honestly, Paul, I don't know because they've been up yeah. the majority of their games. You know what I'm saying? It's hard hold, to hold, say. 
Whole time yeah. the Titans aren't even good on defense, though. I mean, they're okay, but they've been—they're not as good as they were last year for real. Who's not good on offense? Defense, Titans. Oh yeah, the Titans defense is kind of weak. It's been banged up, no pass rush. There really isn't anyone because mm-hmm. because the weird thing about the Steelers games is they've been getting ahead on teams. So for example, Denver. Pretty sure the Houston game they got ahead. I oh, know Houston game they won. They they were actually trailing. Um, but a couple of their games they've been ahead at half. And then their offense is sort of stagnated because they can't, they cannot run the ball at all. So there isn't really another team we can emulate because they haven't really faced, they just haven't really faced any talented team. Like that really sounds like I'm disrespecting them. Which is, which is far from what we're doing, but yeah, I hear you. Because like they haven't faced, that's why I'm so interested to see. I wish they played the Chiefs because we haven't seen them or the, even the Colts or the Bills. They played the Bills in three weeks. Sorry. In two weeks. Yeah, 13. So I think the game plan versus them has to be run the ball. The difference between us this week and when they played the Titans, they have sort of made it like their fucking life mission to stop Derrick Henry. <laughs> um, I don't know if they're really going to approach Antonio Gibson. But, yo, can we get, you know, De- Devin Bush is out? Mm-hmm. You know, I sort of think this is the kind of game we can get a big – we haven't got a big play out of the passing game. I think yeah, Sunday's a day for That's definitely something that's possible. We might get one from McKissick, bro. You know, do they got linebackers to keep up with McKissick? Yeah, or McKissick, for that mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we pose some problems that – not that we – I think we pose some things to them that are not – That could bother them. That are things that they have not normally – I think just the main concern would be, Alex, mm-hmm. you're going to be under tons of pressure when you throw the ball. Man. Are we the best pass rush they face? Vaughn Miller's been out since – the summer, right? He hasn't played in a single game. Outside of Baltimore, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Baltimore is definitely – I mean, Baltimore took him down to, to the wire. That was that was a last-second win for them. Like, real uh, shit, Baltimore should have won that game. Yeah, mm-hmm. they should have. Um, I mean, I mean, obviously, they faced Miles Garrett. Yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, but they that put was 38-7. 30, that's – Yeah. And, and the thing about that – The thing about that Browns game is Mayfield had, like – Mayfield should not have been playing. He was injured, right? Yeah, Mayfield had really yeah. bad, really bad rib injury. Mm-hmm. Played, he was fucking dog shit. Now, as you could tell, the difference between him healthy and then that game, if we're right. being real. But <laughs> he looked noticeably injured in that game. Um, no, nah, they haven't. Man, they really have not faced talented. They really haven't. Not that we are some talented bunch, but I'm curious to see their uh, their O line versus our D line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. See how many sacks Pittsburgh has. Ball is out quick. I think he's got the second lowest sack rate in the league, or the lowest. Oh my god, can't get to him. Yeah, he's ain't no Ben a statue. That's why they get that ball out. Yeah. Last thing they want to see is Mason Rudolph. I'm I'm not. I'm not reading this right. I think it's only ten sacks this year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably right. (laughs) So (laughs) the thing with them is they get the ball. You got to get them in third and long, man, because what they're doing a lot more. Because they can't run the ball, especially in games where they're actually taking their opponents seriously. They'll just come out and throw it. They use that screen game, them quick screens, the Juju, yeah. Deontay. Mm-hmm. Get the ball out quick because Ben – and avoid third and long. If we can get them in third and seven, third and eights, where Ben has got to pat that ball some, we you can give them some. But, look, the team is much better than ours. So we're going to need the same things you need to beat teams when they're way better than you. You need some turnovers. You're going to need a hell of a lot of luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you ain't lying, bro. And we definitely going to have to get a couple uh, bounces our way on uh, next Sunday. <sighs> All right, let's pick a score then. Who wants to start it off? 
I can go. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, man, I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to be optimistic, you know, when the game comes on Sunday, but I'm not anticipating a W, but um, it's going to be tough, bro. If you go to Pittsburgh, I'm undefeated, only undefeated team remaining in the league. Gosh, damn. Um, I'm going to go 27. Scratch that. I'm going to go 30 to 20, Pittsburgh. Hmm. Um, I'm going to go 23 10. Uh, again, I picked, the, I said that I'll never pick them to win the rest of the season. I've done that twice and they've won twice. So I will, of course, pick them to lose again. Keep it going, my dude. <laughs> of course, I'll pick it. I'll keep that trend going. And hopefully, this reverse psychology bullshit keeps working. But I'm going to say <laughs> Pittsburgh 24, Washington 16. I mean, I don't know if you can line up straight up with them and beat them, but a couple bounces go your way. Who knows? Right. Wow. Look, there. I I will say this. Though. Unlike the Ravens, hey, you guys know we're still plus five hundred. How we put the bet in, Cliff? Come on, what we gotta do? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna cap one right now. I was about to say, what we gotta do? <laughs> you damn. I need to walk now. my black ass to cap one <laughs> right now. This got to be a uh, plus two six. Yeah, we should have a month. Yep. we say that every year too. Nah, you know what? Let me go check. Let me check the DC. Make that walk the cap and let us know, man. We. We got Zell. <laughs> yeah, cause oh, I got the app. Hold on. <laughs> nah, because I I I'd actually just seen. I was actually curious. Cause remember, we could have bailed this shit going into the season. We'd have made a fucking grip out here. Oh my god, niggas niggas would have been hyped in these games. <laughs> <laughs> who you, who do y'all have one in the division? Right? They're not gonna just like push us around. So I, that is the part of the game I'm actually interested to see. Because that has generally been the Steelers' MO this season, especially when I've seen them. They like to try to punk teams. If anything, you know who we who we are probably similar to is the Giants. The Giants played them week one, and that game was a lot tougher for the Steelers. Because mm-hmm. they couldn't just punk the Giants. Yeah. And Dan, Dan, I mean, and Danny Boy gave it away. Danny Crimes. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to start calling him Danny Crimes. <laughs> client is stealing money out here. <laughs> um... But yeah, just gotta take care of the ball, man. Yeah, I think it's, it's between us and the Giants. I think it's coming down to us and Big Blue. All right, yeah, plus two forty. Mm. You think it's still worth it or not? Basically, two and a half to one. Mm. Look, man, you know what I'm gonna do? We win the division wherever we play. First playoff game, I'm betting on us to. Woo! Woo! That's how you feel. Cue the song. Shoot, dude. Our, Shoot. We're gonna be such heavy underdogs and winning versus anyone. Absolutely. I'm, I'm spending big. I really hope it's. I really think Seattle is, is a team that we can. Damn, so you, you want to get the three-peat of L's, huh? Sorry, let me stop, let me stop, let me stop. And the three-peat <laughs> of L's. I'm not saying we would beat them. I'm saying we would be such heavy underdogs. Right. To where we would probably be like four to one. Mm. I'm definitely betting on Shit, we got to get through these next five weeks first, though. If we made the playoffs, which, honestly, I don't think we're going to. Core, what do you think? Playoffs? Yeah. I think we're going to get in. I think we're getting in, too. So the you one guy, Paul, 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 delete that. We're not going to get to what we're doing. Remember how we were predicting else? We're not. We got it. one guy who says he's not picking the team the rest of the season, but he's got us in the playoffs. Paul, we just fucked and, up. And, and, and the, only reason, the only reason I say that, I, I was just about to say, the only reason I'm going to say that is because I don't think that these other teams in the division are winning a game until week 16. I don't right. think anybody is winning a game in this division until week 16. <laughs> For real. I, I, I bet Weird. on that. The yeah. Jets gonna lose the fuck around, lose the next four. We're on the week seventeen. All we yep. gotta do is is beat Philly, and we end. Mm-hmm. 
but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we go. We'll we'll ask this, or you'll you'll ask this question again week sixteen when everybody in the division is three and ten. That 